Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Happy Monday to you. You may think there's no such thing as a happy Monday, but there is when you have joined the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. My name is Larry Behrens, Communications Director for Power of the Future, joined as always by able superhero Rick Whitbeck, getting things done in the largest state. I'm going to call it the largest state in the world. It's not just uh, our country. We'll say Alaska is the largest ah. state in the world. Don't look it up, kids. It's probably true. It's probably true. It's so great to talk with you, Rick. It's uh, been a little Trust while. That's right. Trust the science, Larry. That's right. Trust the science. It's just that. Uh, just believe me. Just believe me. That's how it works. So great to talk with you because we got a lot to discuss this week. We are now on the heels of a new Bureau of Land Management director. And she, Tracy Stone Manning, by a vote of 50 to 45, was confirmed uh, late last week in a vote that has a lot of folks you know, scratching their heads because as the Biden infrastructure plan uh, is faltering, as the bipartisan infrastructure plan isn't moving and faltering, so much to do. That's when the Biden administration, and I guess we have to say um, their strategy paid off, decided to push Tracy Stone Manning through the Senate, and that's exactly what they did, but not without uh, more than a few comments. Yeah, certainly the uh, undercover ignite analogy can work here. I mean, uh, when, when everybody is looking, slide a hand magician trick, right? When everybody's looking over to the left, you slide, well, actually, over to the right, you slide somebody in from the far, far left, uh, Tracy Stone. Man, we've talked about it here uh, with Power of the Future for the last, I don't know, four months. <clears throat> An admitted eco-terrorist. Yes, Tracy Stone Manning abated and abetted a, a tree spiking group back in the late 80s and, you know, basically turned state's evidence against her fellow tree spikers and against her fellow eco-terrorists. And now she's in charge of all public lands across the U.S. effectively. I mean, you can't write this script, Larry. I know. I was I was talking with a radio station in southeast New Mexico about it today, and and they brought up two good points. And and you'll be happy to know I referenced Alaska as well in my conversation. They said, you know, it's not just uh, the men and women who are harvesting lumber that could die from this. Let's say there's a fire in that forest, and a firefighter has to you know use a chainsaw to take out the tree to help fight the fire and lo and behold i mean the spikes are still there you know and no one has ever gone in removed anything or 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 taken that danger away and so yes that is the woman that is now head of blm and the question i was getting from folks is well how does this affect blm lands and i told them it's going to be tough you know if you have someone where this is their political philosophy and their practice it's going to be tough to try to get any type of you know permit for any type of extraction any type of production on uh federal lands and most of that in your state and in my state is controlled by the Bureau of Land Management. And so Tracy Stone Manning, who thought it was okay to send a threatening letter to federal officials uh, after trees were spiked, is now the one determining those. And her boss is Deb Hadland. And Deb Hadland's boss is Joe Biden. So we have layers of eco-leftism that are um, going to cause a lot of problems. And, you know, the, the radio host asked me, you know, 
does this mean it'll be harder to get permits in New Mexico? And that's when I brought up Alaska. I was like, not only would it be hard to get permits, there are things that the Trump administration and the Obama administration agreed on and Joe Biden backed out of federal agreements. And so not only to get those permits, but also to um, go back on things that maybe they've already approved. And so I know we're we're short on time today, but I just wanted to, to give a, a, a thanks, and I say that with heavy sarcasm, a thanks to New Mexico's two senators, Martin Heinrich and Ben Ray Lujan, who unceremoniously decided that Tracy Stone Manning and tree spiking is good enough to lead the Bureau of Land Management, which controls uh, millions of acres in New Mexico. And so when the production goes down and when we start to see that winter is coming for New Mexico and Alaska and the rest of the world as it is now in Europe and in India, uh, it's going to be because folks like Martin Heinrich and Ben Ray Lujan did not grapple with reality and by putting Tracy Stone Manning in a position where she can undermine this industry. Yeah, and certainly um, let's give props where, where they're due as well to Alaska's two senators, uh, Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan. Sullivan with a great speech on the Senate floor about Stone Manning um, saying bluntly, I don't want an eco-terrorist in charge of my state's lands. <clears throat> Unfortunately, uh, my senators were in the minority and as a result, 62.8% of my state, uh, about 25 million acres, is now under the control of Tracy Stone Manning and Deb Holland and the Eco-Left and the NRDC and Trout Unlimited and everybody else that wants to stop Alaska's extractive resource base, which pays for pretty much 90% of our state when it's all said and done, uh, between you know permanent fund investments that then turn into operating capital for the state and resource extraction itself. About 90% of our state's paid for by resource extraction and Tracy Stone Manning, Deb Holland, uh, you know, Biden, et cetera, have never met a resource development project that they like unless it's wind, solar, or maybe tidal. Or it's in the Ukraine. Don't forget that as well. That, sure. Oh, yeah. The, or, or in China. Yes. They're, or they're, in China. They're more than happy. You know, and Senator, your Senator Sullivan, uh, you're right. If folks can go back and take a look at that speech, it would be really enlightening. He said something that just blew my mind. I'm always learning. Just when I think I can get my head around the size of Alaska, uh, I learned something new. He says the land that BLM controls in Alaska is roughly one-fifth the size of the continental United States one-fifth the size of the continental U.S., and that's under Tracy Stone Manning's control now in your home state. Yeah. It's actually, it's like Texas plus Oklahoma plus Mississippi. Wow. If you want to look like that, that, that size, right? I mean, it's a little bit smaller than the full state of Mississippi, but if you take Oklahoma, Texas, and almost all of Mississippi, you hit um, the amount of, of federal land we have in Alaska. That's just gargantuan. It's hard to wrap your, your mind around. Well, and there is uh, more going on in the state up there to the north, Rick. You guys have a, a session coming up? Yeah, so we <laughs> we continue to have problems fixing um, uh, our budget up here, Larry. Uh, you know, we talked about this during the legislative, the original legislative sessions in both New Mexico and Alaska. Well, we're on our Fourth special session gaveling in today at one o'clock, uh, where a long-term fiscal plan is being discussed, short-term fixes to the budget being discussed, um, constitutional amendments on how we how we budget uh, our, our state's finances, and one of the things that continues to pop up from the lunatic left fringe 
is oil tax reform, quote unquote, which in their mind is a doubling or a tripling of oil tax uh, and oil royalties from the producers up here in Alaska. They specifically don't like the fact that when BP exited Alaska last year, um, Hillcorp being a privately held firm doesn't have to pay the same percentage as a publicly or you know public company would. So they want to quote unquote fix that. Well, here's the problem with that, Larry, and, and it's simple economics. I, I think our listeners and our you know podcast uh, aficionados can follow this. I don't think the left can though because they continue to, to make a mess out of it. Simple supply and demand. If you make it harder to uh, extract and somebody else ah. makes it easier to extract, ah. what's going to happen? Well, you're going to force the other companies to, uh, to go somewhere else and leave Alaska. And Alaska is already a high-cost location. Now, certainly, it's a stable location. It doesn't have warlords and it doesn't have child labor, and it has good EPA regulations. But if you out, if you overprice the, the the ability for companies to to not be able to make money here, they're going to go somewhere where they can make a profit, Larry. And that would uh, that would not be good. Well, it doesn't make any sense unless, again, you're just putting the eco uh, left first before any type of priority. And right. you know, it's it, I was curious as you were talking there, what is the the budget situation looking like in Alaska as this special session goes on? Well, it's, yeah, at the original at the beginning of the year, we were about um, one point three billion, one point three billion short. Now, <clears throat> in uh, the federal government's largesse giveaway for uh, you know for COVID quote unquote relief, we have billions of dollars coming. So the 1.3 billion dollar budget deficit ends up being a little bit of a surplus, but it's um, very specifically targeted money. the The ability to kind of kick the budget can down the road was uh, was a lot, was was able to be done this year because of COVID money. But as you know, Larry, that's a one time solution is certainly not ongoing and uh you know so we that's what the special session number two three and four has been called is to say all right we got a one year a one year give me and a one year relief but that doesn't resolve you know the ongoing budget pressure which next year stands at about 1.5 billion deficit um based on projections well yeah, and, and you were talking about it there as well with the, the eco-left groups, and we're seeing it here in New Mexico, their fight to end subsidies for the oil and right. natural gas industry. And it's incredible to see that you know the return on that investment is just absolutely through the roof. And here's a, here's a little uh, – we'll, we'll give you a little eco-left translation. What you'll hear them say is we need to diversify our economy. Well, to me, diversification is we have X, we're going to add Y. And that way we'll have X and Y. No, for them it is you have to kill one industry and promote the right. one. And it just so happens that the one you're going to promote is unreal failing across the world as we speak, and also enriches uh, people on the eco-left. And so it is something and, that and generally, is not and true. generally pays less. Yeah, and generally pays less than the jobs that are that are that are out there currently, right? I mean, mining jobs in Alaska are six-figure jobs. Oil and gas jobs are are high five to low six-figure jobs for shift work. Uh, the last time I looked at a solar technician here in Anchorage, it was paying twenty-six dollars an hour. Twenty-six dollars an hour times two thousand hours a year, fifty-two. Let's say fifty-five grand. 
So solar technicians are half the rate of an oil and gas worker or a miner here in the state. Why, why are we taking away good six-figure jobs to replace them with jobs that pay half as much? Well, and not only well, that. Because it's for the for the earth, Rick. Well, and it's and, and just like the power it provides, those jobs are intermittent, right? And they'll talk about the market right. of the oil and natural gas, and that's I think it's absolutely different when that is a, you know natural market forces. But what they are engaging in is clear manipulation of it. And those solar farms, which I'm sure did great in the snow that you've gotten in the last week up there in Alaska, we keep talking down oh, yeah. here in the lower 48 about winter is coming and Rick's up there, you know, shoveling snow and trying to get. Get around in it, but the fact of the matter is, it is you need fewer uh, uh, technicians and fewer "quote unquote" green jobs to maintain these unreliable sources of power. So it's like I'm coming to you saying, "I have this product for you. You're gonna have to fire all of your employees. You're gonna get less reliable energy that you used to, but don't worry because you're gonna pay more for it." And that is what the eco-left is selling. And speaking of selling, we uh, learned this week through a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request here in New Mexico, that New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is excited for the opportunity to go to Scotland to participate in the UN climate change. She is going to use fossil fuels to get there and go there and bemoan fossil fuels. As today, she is speaking to, you know, oil and natural gas trade associations. And so, that's amazing. yeah, a big thanks to the AP for, for pointing it out, but make no mistake, she is trying to be two different people to two different audiences. When she's in New Mexico speaking to New Mexicans, she loves the industry. She's there for the industry. But when she's speaking to Gavin Newsom or the United Nations, she said, we need to transition away from fossil fuels. Well, she hasn't transitioned away from spending the money yet or from the radical hypocrisy herself. And so we are going to continue to watch as she tries to, you know, please both sides. And we expect we'll end up pleasing nobody but you never know because those eco-leftists just may not be paying attention but end of the month trip to scotland for new mexico's governor to uh go lecture the rest of us on climate i don't know if i can uh, contain myself with excitement you know it's it's, it's amazing how uh how zoom doesn't work when you're an eco-leftist right glasgow oh let's go to cop 26 great that's going to be awesome two thousand three thousand people coming from all over the world to talk about why they shouldn't be traveling by jet Think about the think think about the the hypocrisy and just the stupidity of that, Larry. I know, and and in the midst of it, we'll close with this: a big shout out the uh, Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, the biggest event in New Mexico, going on right now. A big shout out to all those solar powered balloons that are going to the air. Those wind powered, solar powered balloons taken to the sky. No, of course not. It would be grounded without the energy workers. That is who we fight for and who we work for. And so it is always great to talk with you, Rick. And thank you so much. And keep it up the fight up there. And Alaska, we'll keep keeping the fight here in the lower 48 as much as I can and appreciate you so much. And until we get to talk to everyone again, you're fracking welcome. That's it for this episode of You're Fracking Welcome, brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at powerthefuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist. You're fracking welcome.